MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN Primetime. We are off and running on a, can we call it a football Friday? There's a flag football game in Las Vegas tomorrow, Sean King. Are we, are we allowed to call it a football Friday? I'm trying and with all my power to ignore the fact that Tyler Huntley made a Pro Bowl and I didn't. <laughs> So I will not be participating in the viewing experience of said game. We do have the Senior Bowl this weekend, so uh, we got that going for us. Shout so I out guess to my guy, Tajay Spears. Crushing it. Tulane running back, former Tulane running back, down there putting in work. Crushing it down there. That's Sean King, by the way. Hey, I'm Tim Murray, and uh, we are ready for uh, a big Friday. Good college basketball slate tomorrow. We got shenanigans going on in the NBA like we uh, like we normally do. We got props dropping here in Las Vegas, Sean, regarding the Super Bowl. So we got a lot to get to. I'm, I'm fired up today. How we you, do. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Another fantastic day on VEASAN primetime from a betting perspective. I mean, we gave out nothing but winners. Would have almost swept the board if not for a Mavericks complete meltdown after being up 70 to 43, getting out with, I ended up getting five as the number, a push in a game they led by as many as 30. So... Yeah, we got UAB home. San Francisco late night was able to BYU, come home. BYU cakewalk. We got we had a good day. I'm a big. I'm a, we'll, we'll run through the Saturday slate. Some intriguing lines. Uh, we got to work through what I'm going to officially give in to the circa Friday basketball competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, tied for third with uh, with Wes Reynolds and 
Will Hill. So I got some work to do. Jim Root, our guy, leading leading the field at eight one and one. Hoops Peterson sitting there at eight and two. So uh, that will be discussed later tonight with Matt Newmans. We'll give you a little preview. Maybe Sean can help me out. I've got some games that I've uh, that I've keyed in on that I uh, that are intriguing to me. The old fishy lines that are out there. So we will hit those as the show goes on. Of course, Super Bowl props, MVP discussion. Uh, yesterday was the day here in town, Sean, where okay. the Westgate Superbook lights up the big board there and has all of their prop bets for the Super Bowl. Now that's like a big deal, right? Don't it's people a big like deal. A stand in line and you mm-hmm. can only make what? I think it's three, two, two or three, two plays. or three bets, and then you got to go to the back of the line. Um, so yeah, it's uh, kind of like, kind of old school a little bit. I'm just waiting on my rigged email to come so I know what props to play and why. So. Your your rigged email? Yeah, the NFL's rigged, right? That's oh, that's I, right. Yeah, yeah, so I'm just waiting on the email to get to me. So that I love that that has made made the ways. Uh, that's so awesome. Who was it who rolled? Uh, who, it was Aaron Foster. Aaron, was the Aaron that Foster. I saw, yeah. And I, I just love the fact that different people who have just said. I saw one tweet where it was a picture of Tom Brady looking like this, and it said, Tom Brady, when he saw Russell walk into the table read of the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, you played in the NFL. You can, oh, yeah, you can confirm yeah, this, yeah. right? I, I missed that meeting. I, I did, they did not invite me. or uh, I'm, I'm, They said, Sean King. Overlooked it on my schedule. You're going to cover against the St. Louis Rams. I am Rams. interested if they have one, though, in, in being a participant in this one. It could be very beneficial. So, Sean King, you're going, you're going to cover. However, you're going to throw a pass to Bert Emanuel. It's going to look like a catch, but we're going to rule it an incomplete pass, and we're going to let the Rams go to the Super Bowl and beat the Tennessee Titans. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, we got a lot to get to, a lot of interesting interesting props uh, that were posted last night at... uh, I'm going through kind of a withdrawal. Oh, Mr. Puckshadamus hasn't had his hockey, man, my fix. And I don't really get it till next Tuesday, and I probably won't be heavily involved first game back from the All-Star break. I'll probably let it play out a little bit, but we'll see. I'm missing hockey. Small college basketball slate tonight. That's a Friday. We've got yeah. a couple games. Trying to talk myself into some NBA stuff, but haven't fully committed yet. I was going to bet Sacramento Kings, but no De'Aaron Fox tonight. So, Look at you. Trying to figure out different ways. Different ways around. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out different ways to, uh, for Saturday, I'll, I'll stay focused and on task as much as possible, but let's get to a little bettable or forgettable. And normally it's, uh, this segment has been almost exclusively Sean football, but, uh, big news today regarding the NBA as we got a Woj bomb, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN tweeting out that Kyrie Irving has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets, Sean King. So he wants out. He has told the franchise that he would like to be traded before Thursday's NBA trade deadline. That would be February 9th. However, if he doesn't get traded, he just told him, I'm out. I'm out after the season. So there actually was movement at BetMGM, Sean. John Ewing from BetMGM tweeted out, before the Kyrie trade request, Nets were seven to one to win the NBA Finals. Lakers forty to one. After the Kyrie trade request, the Nets went to fourteen to one. Lakers down to thirty 
to one. Sean, is this bettable or forgettable information? Kyrie Irving wants to trade, and we've seen it impact the futures market, at least at BetMGM. You know, I actually think this is bettable, Tim, and the reason being, if he goes to the Lakers, I mean, when you look at the Western Conference, Memphis is struggling. Sacramento right now is a three seed. Dallas is the four seed. Like, a Laker team with a healthy Anthony Davis and I got, you got to tip your hat to LeBron James and what he's doing at this point in his career is phenomenal. Another win last night, If by the you way. add Kyrie to that mix, because I don't think the Western Conference is strong, Golden State is down, Phoenix is down, it's not this elite conference and has been. I mean, what was it 30 to 1 on the Lakers? Down to 30 to 1. It was at 40 to 1 before the trade request. By the way, LeBron James has chimed in with the, the old eye emojis on Twitter. I mean, it makes them competitive. It really does, you know. So, Kyrie's averaging 27-5-5 and this year. You add that, take away the piece that doesn't fit in Russell Westbrook. Why not? So I mean, I don't know who scares you. Are you afraid of Denver? I know, I know, I know Joker probably is, you know, in contention for his third MVP, and Jamal Murray is playing like, like the guy from the bubble before the injury. And I, but I, don't, I wouldn't be afraid of Denver. Sacramento's the three seed in the West. So, I mean, like, Look, the, the if West, the Lakers get in, I mean, they're dangerous just would, because of that alone. Personally, I would probably play, and I, I guess I'd have to pull it up, but I would probably play, if anything, to win the Western, to Conference? Win the Western Conference. That's 10 to 1. Because I, I just, Sean, I don't envision anything is possible, but I look at the Eastern Conference, I look at, the Boston Celtics are better, Milwaukee even with Kyrie Irving. is legit. But Milwaukee's won a championship before. Yeah. Say what you want, Philly, you got MB, Philly, Philly's balling. Uh, yeah. So those three teams, look, the Nets take a step back if he ultimately gets traded. But I guess the question I have for you, Sean, is what if he's only requested a trade? Mm-hmm. He could not get traded. Right. They have six days to make this happen. And then you just lost money. That's, right. Then you, yeah, you just. But if he does get traded and two weeks from now, He's created this spark, and they're playing like we think you can. You're not going to get 30 to 1, so you're rolling the dice slightly. That is true. Would you place a bet on the Los Angeles Lakers right now before the trade goes down? Because I actually have another what if for you in just a moment. But would you place a trade, a bet right now, knowing that it, it truly is a gamble? He is not on that roster yet, but the second, if that trade were to happen, the second that happens, those odds sink. Yeah, for 30 to 1, why not? All right. I mean, look. I can hedge out if they make it. If Kyrie Irving's on that roster with LeBron, with AD. By the way, AD, when healthy, which I know is a big if, but when healthy, 30-plus last night, had the game-winning bucket last night. They're playing better defense. I think Rui Hachimura, the addition from the Wizards, is a nice piece to have. I forgot about him. As a fourth or fifth option. Um I don't know. The Lakers are 10 to 1 to win the West. I don't know if you keep. Maybe that's the play. And I don't know if you keep Patrick Beverly uh, as, you know, because a lot of this is salary. You need a Patrick Beverly, though, in the playoffs. But a lot of this is salary matching. But if if Russ is headed to Brooklyn uh, in this trade, uh, that would certainly make it interesting. So that was uh, quite the Woj bomb today. And certainly we will uh, discuss more of it uh, as the show goes on. Um, I do want to get to the Super Bowl here and some, you know, thoughts. We'll do that on the other side. Because once again, uh, you see that uh, a lot of these, a lot of the props have dropped already. But I want to bring this up. We're going to talk about it more later on in the show. Pete Sampson, uh, who covers Notre Dame at The Athletic, we talked about it briefly. The what if 
Are so, you okay, by the I, way? I'm okay. Okay. I'm okay. Well, who are we going to hire? Are you going to... Has Marcus called you? So... <clears throat> you going to be the OC? I sent him the voicemail. Because <laughs> I didn't want to be able to look you in your eye and, and, and not tell you. You taking it? No. Turned it down? Yeah. Why? Not a Sam Hartman guy. Mm. But Hartman, what if, but Hartman goes to Alabama, then saying. maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but you're not a Tyler Buckner guy, though. Either. Nah, nah, we'll go get one. <laughs> let, me, let me pick my poison. <laughs> so we talked about it yesterday. It is official. Uh, well, I guess not official, but it has been reported by multiple, multiple sources uh, out there that Tommy Reese will be the new offensive coordinator for Alabama. So I tweeted this out, Sean. Not many books have... Heisman Trophy odds available. If Sam Hartman follows Tommy Reese, which is a big if, is he worth a look at 16 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy? Those are his current odds at Caesar Sportsbooks. I don't know. I have no idea. This is a complete just thought out there. He has to stay out the semester. Did he come to Notre Dame for Tommy Reese? Or he did might he, have. Or did he come to Notre Dame for Notre Dame? So Because you was, have to trust that Notre Dame is going to hire somebody really good. So if he was a freshman, I would say he went to Notre Dame because of Notre Dame. Right. But he's a 24-year-old man because Tommy who only Reese, has one year because left. Because Tommy Reese did such a great job developing Tyler Buckner and uh, Drew Pine. You couldn't de- develop Drew Pine. Are you going to add four inches? He, he recruited them, and he didn't develop them. That's all I know. They went eight and two with a MAC-level quarterback. <laughs> Apparently, he's good enough for the GOAT to want him, so we'll see. We'll talk more about that. But, hey, the Super Bowl getting closer. Some prop plays, some updates. We'll get you all caught up next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the, ve- of the week, that is. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older. And physically located in Nevada, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. It is V-CIN primetime on a sort of football Friday. It's going to be sad not to be able to say that. Next Friday, Very we'll true. be fired up. You're going to be down at uh, at Radio Row, and uh, we'll be we'll be getting all set for the Super Bowl. <coughs> Sean will be have a, a notepad full of different bets that he's going to want to place. You know, they gave me my schedule. Good Lord. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Jeez. I'm here. True. Yeah, I'm here. We're waving to you. Hey, Sean. Um, all right. So last night at the Westgate Superbook, 400-plus props were dropped. And uh, our guy, <clears throat> one of my favorites, and our favorites, Patrick mm-hmm. Everson, was there, as were many people. Uh, I think Ben Fox was there, so... Uh, Appreciate all the people, you know, keeping an eye on and updating us all on the movers. But these are going to be props, Sean, okay. courtesy of BetMGM. Patrick Mahomes passing yards. 
So we've got uh, comparisons here. So his passing prop right now at BetMGM is over 290 and a half. And his season average is 308. And we saw last week a lot of people came on this show and a lot of people that I respect, Sean, loved his overpassing yardage last week. Or excuse me, yeah, last week in the AFC Championship game for a couple reasons. One, they felt like the market had kind of gone down because of the ankle concerns. Two, when you look back at when he had dealt with ankle injuries in the past and his mobility wasn't as strong, he is confident enough to be in the pocket. So last week he threw for 326 against the Bengals. However, when you look at some of his previous games, Sean, now the Jaguars game maybe we could throw out because he got hurt in that one. Uh, but in week 18 against the Raiders, 202. Broncos threw for 328. Then against the Seahawks, 224. 336 against the Texans, 352 against the Broncos. What type of game do you expect from Patrick Mahomes? It's an interesting question because I don't think this is going to be a high-possession game, Tim. I think both teams are going to try and establish the run. I think both teams are going to try and manage the clock. So I, I just don't I, don't I don't have a good feel. I think that number sounds about right. Like, that won't be a player prop that I'm involved in. Okay. I feel like 290... If he throws for 276, I think they can win. If he throws for 301, I think they can win. You know, so I have the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. And all of the props that I play in this game will be conducive to how I see the Chiefs winning the game. Is, is that make sense? Yeah. So, BetMGM, I want to jump to rushing yards. BetMGM currently has his rushing yards, Patrick Mahomes, at 19 and a half. Yesterday or last night, and this courtesy of... Uh, of Patrick Everson over at Vegas Insider. He talked to folks from behind the counter, and he said they opened on Mahomes' rushing yards at 10.5, went up to 16.5, and, and there was a flurry of money. And the quote was, when Mahomes is healthy, he's like low to mid-20s usually. We felt like we wanted to open lower and see the action on the over rather than to open too high and let people bet the under. So you saw initial money come in on the over-rushing yards, at least at the Westgate Superbook. BetMGM sitting at 19.5. What do you expect from Mahomes uh, on the ground, Sean? Because when healthy, and that's the big if, he certainly is capable of, of scooting a decent amount, but how healthy is he going to be to utilize his legs on uh, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, this is another one that I'll probably stay away from. You know, just because he, he'll be three weeks out from a sprained ankle. Yep. So you saw he already looked relatively healthy in the Bengals game. So I don't think the ankle will be an issue. The thing is that you never know which Mahomes you're going to get. Like, because a lot of times, Tim, he has running lanes available, mm -hmm. but he's not, he's not extending the play to run. Like, there'll be times when, okay, something just completely collapses and he'll take off, but knowing that the ankle injury occurred, does that make him more likely, less likely? I don't know. Again, that's probably a prop I want. If I would have taken 10 and 10 and a half in a heartbeat, sure. I'm sure you can't find that no. number anymore. 
I mean, once you start getting to 19 and a half and in that range, I'm probably just leaving it alone. Yeah, when you look at his regular season, there was a stretch in November, Sean, when he went 63 against the Titans, 39 against the Jags, 23 against now, the Chargers. He's capable of that. 36 against the Rams. I would I would not play under on Mahomes rushing just because like you said, he is absolutely capable of breaking one and going. Oh, absolutely. And against the Bengals with that ankle, he only rushed for eight yards. He had that last, you know, second rush where he got pushed out of bounds, obviously, and got the, the personal foul. But he only had eight yards. He had eight yards against the Jags, the game he got hurt. But then you look at the last regular season game of the season, he was able to get 29 on the ground against the Raiders. If I could get anywhere in the mid-teens, I would look over. However, I don't I don't know if we're going to get that because as we saw last night at the Westgate Superbook, the guys who moved the market seem to be looking for Mahomes rushing yards, at least in the low teens, to play it over. Yeah, and <clears throat> I don't know. There's so much of that is game flow. He's because he can so normally when I take a over rushing yard prop with a quarterback, it's because I think he's a limited thrower. So that will increase his rushing attempts because when he gets uncomfortable, his default mechanism is to run, a la a Justin Fields. In my opinion, a Jalen Hurts well, let's get a to lot Jalen of times. Hurts. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a completely different animal. So let's get to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts at BetMGM, currently his rushing yards prop is 49 and a half. Last week, I played the under, which was 48 and a half against the San Francisco 49ers. And I think what really benefited me was the fact that Brock Purdy got hurt and despite them calling design run plays in the second half, which still made no sense to me, <laughs> they realized let's not get our quarterback, who's a bit nicked up, any more hurt. In this particular spot, a guy that averaged, and you know, great graphic here for those of you watching with us, Jalen Hurts averaged 50 rushing yards per game. His over-under at BetMGM is 49 and a half. Let me give you the last handful of games for Jalen Hurts 39 against the Giants or 49ers but that was a game that really was never in doubt once Purdy got same hurt. game flow for Giants and Niners Giants game flow 34 yards same one Giants uh the final game of the regular season when Hurts was coming back from injury only 13 yards then we look at games prior to that Bears 61 yards. Giants, this was December 11th, 77 yards. Blowout against the Titans, 12 yards. Close game against the Packers, 157. Close game trailing against the Colts, 86. Sean, there's a trend here. In close games, Jalen Hurts is going to utilize his legs. Week one, road game at Detroit. They win by three, 90 yards. More often than not, in close contested games, Jalen Hurts is utilizing his legs. Do you expect this game, I know you like the Chiefs, but do you expect this game to be rather closely contested so ultimately Jalen Hurts will want to utilize his legs more often than not? So in the season opener <clears throat> versus the Cardinals. Um, they open the season against the Lions. Which game am I looking at? Cardinals was I'm talking five. about the Chiefs defense. Oh, okay. Gotcha, Some of the Chiefs gotcha, defense. Gotcha, gotcha, so I'm gotcha. trying to look at against running quarterbacks. Kyler Murray ran for 29 yards. Josh Allen ran for 32. 
I mean, Steve Spagnuolo, probably about it. no one's going to be surprised right. that, that Jalen Hurts is going to want to run, and that's another reason why. Some of it has to do with scheme. Yeah. So the ball got handed off a lot against the Niners because the Niners basically were saying, we're going to have somebody account for Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. and we'll, let our, we'll depend on our linebackers on the interior to run down the running back part of the, uh, the zone read. Some other teams have decided, okay, we want Hurts to run the ball. And then we're going to try and put licks on him in the open field. So some of it's going to be how does Spagnola decide to try and defend, you know, their their QB run game stuff. So if you, I was going to bet that and I thought Philly would win, I'd go over. Mm-hmm. If I was going to bet that and I thought the Chiefs would win, I'd go under. So you like the Chiefs. So you would lean towards I would the lean under. towards the under. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. <sighs> Tommy Reese. Headed to Alabama. What does that mean for the Crimson Tide? And what does that mean for Notre Dame? We'll find out next. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. The big game means big plans for VEASAN. VEASAN will be in the middle of all the action and broadcasting live from Radio Row in Phoenix with athlete and celebrity interviews and our experts breaking down the game. You won't want to miss any of VEASAN's coverage. Huddle up and watch Follow the Money, the Lombardi Line, VEASAN Final Countdown, and this program, VEASAN Primetime, will all be live from Radio Row starting on Monday. For betting splits, expert picks, and big game props, head Vsin.com. That's V-S-I-N.com. Alongside former Tulane Green Wave great. Anytime we transition to college talk, we got to talk about Sean's accolades from the collegiate ranks. <clears throat> I am Tim Murray, and uh, let's bring in... Karma. <laughs> What's the karma? Karma. What's karma? That's what y'all get for trying to steal my quarterback. Somebody <laughs> stole your OC. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, cl- we'll clear that up. Uh, a lot of people stole a lot of things from Tulane already this offseason, Sean. Pete Sampson joins us, Notre Dame beat reporter for The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter, at Pete Sampson underscore. We were talking uh, briefly off the air. And uh, just like any uh, offseason up there in South Bend, it's never quiet. Uh, last December, it was Brian Kelly leaving for LSU. And now it is Notre Dame's offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, leaving for Alabama. I want to look more sort towards the Alabama side first. Uh, how did this all come together from your understanding, Pete? How did Tommy Reese ascend highly uh, among, you know, the the list for, for Nick Saban? And, you know, was he ultimately the, the main target or were there some other piece, uh, guys out there that Saban tried and didn't get? Certainly, you know, Ryan Grubb at Washington was ahead of Reese on the pecking order here. He interviewed, decided to stay at Washington. Uh, that move to Reese, like I, I think Reese was high up the list, but he certainly wasn't the number one choice. They had a Zoom interview on Wednesday. Reese flew down to Alabama um, after they sent up a not inconspicuous jet here to pick him up with the <laughs> Alabama logo on the tail, landing at the South Bend Airport in the middle of the day. Um, that went down Thursday. Reese returned Friday, made the decision to accept the job wanted to tell the team news comes out afterwards. Uh, and now Tommy Reese is uh, Nick Saban's next offensive coordinator. So for the folks who are Alabama fans or people who want to bet on Alabama, 
what type of offense should they expect next year? Because, you know, I, I made a joke on Twitter yesterday. You would have been – some Notre Dame fans uh, would have been surprised if, you know, he got the South Alabama job, let alone the Alabama job, because there was some uh, criticisms of, of his offense. Personally, I was a, a Tommy Reese fan for the most part. You know, any person has some, some issues. But, you know, when you – uh, look at what Tommy Reese installed at Notre Dame over the years as the OC. Uh, how excited should Alabama fans be? And if you have an Alabama future ticket, uh, Pete, how excited or worried should you be that that's going to ultimately cash? I think I wouldn't be betting on that right now because um, what the over under on that stuff is what like thirteen and a half wins. Um, <laughs> you know, Reese's has never been in this situation before where he's coached at a school that expects to win every game. Um, Notre Dame hopes to win every game and they won a lot of big games when he was here, but uh, a 12 and 0 season like they had in 2018 or a 10 and 0 regular season uh, like they had in 2020, those would have been failures at Alabama at Notre Dame they're still celebrating them. So it's, it's a completely different set of circumstances. Um, you know, the style of offense has been more ball control, run first type stuff. But look, he hasn't had Alabama's receiver talent either. So it doesn't make sense to throw the ball around when you're sort of, you've under-recruited or haven't developed your receivers. So I think that Reese is a chameleon in terms of how he calls games. I think he's a very smart play caller, uh, but we haven't seen him just, tee off on people in the past game and that's what they're going to demand at Alabama because that's what they're used to with um, you know with Bryce Young, Jalen Hurts, Tua before him. They're used to elite quarterback play all the time. Um, if you watch Notre Dame, you know Notre Dame has not had elite quarterback play in a very, very long time. So different set of uh, circumstances for Reese to deal with down there. Uh, <clears throat> for clarity, what is the situation with Sam Hartman? Uh, is he able to transfer without penalty to another uh, FBS school, or does he have to stay at Notre Dame because you only get the one-time transfer? Do you have clarity on that exact situation? So when you're a grad transfer, the, the one-time part doesn't apply. Um, okay. He, is, he has already started taking classes here, so he's an enrolled student. Um, I don't – I think that complicates things a little bit, but – you know, the way college football is, there's freedom of movement with these players. Could he leave? I'm sure he could protest that and leave. Um, it's my understanding that he's not going to. But um, if I'm Marcus Freeman, I'm sure it's going to tell Sam Hartman, look, we're, we're going to find a up-tempo, creative, experienced play caller that might have NFL experience, too, because that's what Sam Hartman came to Notre Dame to do. He's playing a pro-style offense to prepare him for the next level. I think Notre Dame will still be able to afford him that. We're talking to Pete Sampson, covers Notre Dame for The Athletic. Also, stop by in studio. He's 1-0 on the show, by the way. He said, yeah, uh, said the line's begging you to pick Notre Dame. Notre Dame won and covered against BYU here uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> by the way, someone found an old tweet of mine, Pete, from that particular game when Tommy Reese went shotgun on fourth and goal from the <laughs> one and didn't get it and uh, tweeted it to Alabama fans. So, uh you know, beware just a little bit. Uh, but like I said, ultimately, uh, I, I'm a I was a, a fan of uh, of Tommy Reese. But spinning it to Notre Dame and Sean kind of mentioned that you know the Sam Hartman factor. I, I know it's it just happened. You know, Marcus Freeman <laughs> is uh, is probably trying to figure things out as well. But if you're Marcus Freeman, 
This is the biggest hire you've made yet as as a head coach, getting an offensive coordinator. He kept Tommy Reese last year when he, you know, LSU came after him. Who is your first call, Pete? We'll get to realistic, you know, potential options in just a moment. But if you're Marcus Freeman, who's the first call that you make right now? Joe Moorhead, I think, would be my first call. I'm not saying that he is like the hottest name or the biggest name, um, but he has play calling experience, which I, my understanding, talking to people in this situation, like around Notre Dame, is that that will be probably the first priority, if not top two or three. Um, and the other two, top three would be you got to be a good recruiter and you got to be a culture fit. Joe Heads, Moorhead's an incredibly normal guy. Um, I think he would fit in well with the staff here. Um, Beyond that, I, you know, NFL experience could be optional, uh, but the ability to play at tempo, I think, will be important. Um, so that that eliminates some guys that we already have on our list on the athletic, frankly, because it's like you're sort of you put this list together and then you you're finding out information in real time about what actually matters as as the job opens. But I think Joe Moorhead would check a lot of boxes for me if I'm. Marcus Freeman in terms of who I would look at, who I would call as my next OC. I think you got to <clears throat> utilize the significance of the Notre Dame brand and knock on some doors that people probably think would never open. You know, I think this is your opportunity. Like, Bama, big so dog. Big. I agree. Yeah, like, go go after Ben Johnson from the Lions. Like, I mean, go after some it... big wigs that – because. <clears throat> Can I ask you this, though, Sean? Yeah. Isn't Joe Moorhead – a guy who no. won at Penn State as an no. OC, was a head coach well, at Mississippi State. Well, the problem State. is he hadn't been successful as a head coach at Akron. Well, he's only been there one year. And I know. It's, it's Akron. I, I mean, know. I'm just, I mean, I don't know if Nick Saban was I actually Akron like Joe. Big... I know Joe personally, so I would not be against that hire. All I'm saying is be a big dog right now. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, don't just settle yeah, for no, the it... obvious or the easy. Like, go and grab somebody that people don't think you can get. If I was Notre Dame, it, it, this will be weird to say, but like, if you think when LSU hired Joe Brady a few years ago for with Orgeron, I actually don't think that would be a good hire for Notre Dame in this situation because you're looking for an experienced play caller more than you're looking for a guy that like is going to reinvent offense as you know it. So, I, you know, can you get somebody from the league? For sure. Like, it, you know, if this happened a month ago, Garrett Riley would be number one on everybody's list, right? But mm -hmm. he's at Clemson now. Um, so your the timing doesn't work for there. I I like the idea of a young head coach with a more experienced offensive coordinator, but the, I mean that could be somebody at the pro level. Um, I just I but I think it's going to be somebody with a longer track record of calling plays than one or two years. Um, you know, you mentioned Ben Johnson in Detroit, like he was an offensive quality control coach three years ago. Um, obviously, a very bright future, but I think Freeman's going to lean into finding somebody with a little bit more experience than that when it comes to, you know, play calling. Real quickly, Pete, before we go run, Joe Moorhead, there was reports, rumors that, you know, Alabama talked to him. If Notre Dame calls Joe Moorhead, offers him, you know, $2 million, whatever the going rate is for a high-level OC. He's only making about half a million right now. Does he, does he leave Akron? We have 20 seconds. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I do think he... He is more inclined to listen to Notre Dame than Alabama. Midwest guy, Catholic guy. I think that all appeals to Joe Moorhead. Great Pete, stuff, Pete. Pete. I know you're busy, man. Breaking news. Uh, we appreciate you jumping on. All right, anytime, guys. Thanks to be good to be with you. There he is, Pete Sampson.
covers Notre Dame for The Athletic. Back to the Super Bowl. Some trends to know. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Attention BetMGM customers have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement at BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification, eligibility requirements, rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Alongside Super Bowl champ Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Super Bowl just a little over a week away down in Glendale, Arizona. Super Bowl 57. Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, I'm fired up to talk to our next guest. Uh, heard him on with our guy Stucky yeah, on uh, one of the Action Network podcasts. <clears throat> Evan Abrams, who is a media and research director for the Action Network. He joins us right now. And, you know, all week we've been talking, Evan, about the MVP market. One of the first markets to be out there. And, you know, we were talking briefly off air about I think there's going to be a lot of um, interesting discussions about the MVP market because of how last year unfolded with Cooper Cup winning it. So, you know, before we dive into the odds, something that you looked out, uh, up and have talked about is kind of the trends of the MVP compared to the market. So what are some of the trends that we've noticed over the 57 Super Bowls we've seen? So yeah, we'll we'll just look. I mean, listen. If you look over all 56 Super Bowls, you're going to notice quarterbacks, wide receivers, mostly you know positions like that. Not even running backs. I believe it was Terrell Davis last time we saw an MVP from the running back position. But when you look at just the odds, 10 of the last 13 MVPs have been under 10 to one. So long shots haven't exactly been the biggest cash. With it just Julian Edelman. Von Miller and Malcolm Smith being the three outside that 10 to one area. And when you look at just Cooper Cup, who won it six to one last year, at that price or lower, it's been 12 the last 16 MVPs at that price or lower. So long shots, not exactly the best way to go, but again, kind of depends on the game, right? I think Sean said he might be liking some D linemen. Kind of depends on the game there. And the reason was, <clears throat> I asked myself this. Evan, and, and great to have you on the show today. Thanks for coming on, big dog. If last week was the Super Bowl, Eagles-Niners, who's the MVP for the Eagles? It's probably Hassan Reddick. It's because, like, they have this offense where it can function without Jalen Hurts being MVP-like. Uh, it can function without A.J. Brown catching double-digit passes or Devonta Smith. It can function without Miles Sanders leading the team in rushing. Like, so they spread it around so much. It, it kind of can – sometimes if a defensive guy has a big game, I think he might actually have a legit shot. You know, how do you feel about just the style of play the Eagles have that kind of gives exposure to maybe a longer shot, at least on their side, you know, being a viable option? 
I mean, listen, I like the Eagles. I bet them earlier in the week. If the Eagles win this game, and listen, we've heard some rumors about Jalen Hurts, right? Like, that shoulder may not be looking exactly how we want it to if you're betting on Philly. And if Philly's going to win the game, it may not be exactly because of Hurts. And in that scenario, it does kind of smell like a defensive end, a defensive lineman. Someone in that area could make a big play. But the thing I looked at was this. You guys reached out to me and you said, you know, Sean's feeling D lineman. I said to me, you know what's interesting? Let's look back at the four players from the defensive side to win the MVP since 2000. And I wanted to look at what do the quarterbacks do in that game, right? So like, how did this actually come about? So 2015, Von Miller, neither quarterback threw a touchdown. Mm. 2013, Malcolm Smith, Russ went 206 and two touchdowns. Uh, uh, 2002, Brad Johnson, two touchdowns and 215. Dilfer, 153 and a touchdown. So like, if you're gonna actually be betting on a defensive player to win the award, He's probably going to need two and a half sacks. He's probably going to need a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, a touchdown, things of that nature. And the quarterbacks are going to have to play really bad. I see that scenario more on the Philly side. I kind of like Sweat. I think Sweat has some good value as well. Uh, I like Reddick, though I will say this. Reddick, as soon as the Super Bowl odds came out, I believe they've listed like 18 players uh, at, at MGM. Only one has moved, and it's Reddick. He moved from 50 to 1 to 30 to 1. So, People are agreeing with you, and people are seeing the action. Yeah, it's interesting. Evan Abrams from Action Network joining us. We were sitting here, Evan, at Circa, and we're showing the MGM odds uh, on our on our screen there uh, for those watching with us. And we're sitting at Circa. We look over our shoulder. I think on Monday or Tuesday, and it was sixty to one. And before the show <laughs> ended, it was forty to one. So I had to look it up right quick. That's why I'm on my phone. So I have it at one fifty to one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that we, was before the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. That was before they ultimately had made the uh, the Super this Bowl. This was January 23rd. Yeah, so before they won yeah, the so AFC Championship. Yeah, so we got it at plus 150, so. I even wrote it down. He was 250 to one before the divisional round. Wow. Like, insane odds. But again, you even see that action, right? Down to 30 to one for a defensive player, not something we see uh, all the time. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, and, and you think back, 2000, that was that Ravens defense. We talked all week about Ray Lewis. It wasn't a surprise that he ultimately won it. Your Super Malcolm Bowl. Smith was the only one out of the group that was kind of a surprise because Russell did throw two touchdowns. I think that was the game he outplayed Peyton, right? Wasn't that in New York when they beat yeah, uh, 43 Peyton? to 8? Right. So I, you could have given that one to Russell, but, you know, Malcolm Smith got it is what it is. The funny thing in the Bucks one, because I was on the sideline creating photobombing, um, <laughs> Dexter probably had the third best game on defense. Like Dwight Smith had two intercessory returns for a touchdown. Derrick Brooks had an intercessory return for a touchdown. So that was kind of, it wasn't, nobody really cared to be honest, but they could have went to a lot of different guys on defense that particular night. So Evan, I want to jump to the line move. So we did see uh, some books open Chiefs favorite. Now across the board, it's Eagles favorite. Uh, historically seeing line moves like this in Super Bowls, does that mean anything towards the ultimate outcome? It actually really does. So 18 Super Bowls in history of the 56 have seen a line movement of one and a half points or more. The way the direction the line moves, so minus four to minus six as an example, that team is actually 16 and two straight up and 14 and four against the spread. So in history, usually, we see that the movement, at least initially that movement, and usually that sticks by the end because that movement was, you know, one and a half, two and a half points like we've seen right now with Philly, 16 and two straight up. So the public may be not so good 
prior to the Super Bowl regular season, you tend to see it work the other way. But in this game, you just have so much public money, sharp money. Everyone's kind of pushing it one direction. Tend to be right. Interesting. So right now, the trends would tell you Philly, based off of the line move, is the right side. Evan Abrams from the Action Network joining us here on VEASAN Primetime. Follow Evan on Twitter, at Evan H. Abrams. Um, you mentioned this. So the Eagles, and this has been brought up. We've even talked about it on the show, right? Have they been tested in the playoffs? Crushed the Giants, crushed the 49ers. Chiefs didn't cover against the Jags and then hit a game-winning field goal against the Cincinnati Bengals. Does the fact that the Chiefs have played close games, Eagles have kind of walked their way to Glendale, does that mean anything historically when it comes to Super Bowls? Sure, and the way I kind of came about this question was actually through like a user on Twitter. That's kind of, you know, people ask questions and I was like, oh, that's actually interesting. So went to Bet Labs, which is our database at Action Network, and took a look. And honestly, very small sample, but I take more out of it. So the team who blew out versus the team who didn't is actually three and five straight up and three and five against the spread. But if you look to the right on our database and you look like the cover margin, 10.1 points per game. So that to me takes a little bit more out of it and kind of makes it like that is actually kind of interesting. The team that did blow them out, maybe a little bit overrated, maybe gaining a point or two on the close. And right now that would be Philly. So not exactly the opposite of what I just gave you, but that's how trends go, baby. Yeah, no, that is true. Never, never bet solely on trends. Uh, we only got about a minute left uh, on your Twitter handle. You've got a link to your write-up of, of some of the interesting trends. Diving through it, we, like I said, only about a minute. What was kind of the most eye-opening or most surprising trend that you saw related to maybe a prop or something like that heading into a Super Bowl? Sure. So I'll give you one. And this is just also a bet I actually kind of like. So this season, the Eagles are 14 and five against the spread in the first half. They are the most profitable first half team in the league. Hertz his on his own is 13 and four in that spot. Now he is just eight and eight in the second half. One bet I'm looking at. And I said I like the Eagles, but I think this is an interesting way to play the other side. An Eagles first half and a KC full game is eight to one. And on the occasion, they do tie sprinkling some tie in chief second half is 22 to one so i do think there's a chance that philly shows them something different they come out on top and we'll see what happens from there evan Good really stuff, great dude. stuff man appreciate the insight and we'll talk to you soon enjoy the day guys i just followed you on twitter follow me back All right. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like public peer pressure to our guest up in the air it is vison prime time <laughs> MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.